It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Cougars. This is your daily source of all things BYU news, notes, and insider information you can't find anywhere else. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Jay Catch on this Tuesday edition of the podcast. We can be found everywhere fine podcasts are to be found. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and hopefully coming soon to Pandora. Just more sources and more avenues for you to catch all the news you need to find out in BYU News with Locked On Cougars. Thanks again for joining me today. On today's show, we're going to be talking about BYU football, uh, former Cougars and the pros. We'll talk with Kalani Satake in this first segment. He spoke to the media yesterday after practice, had some interesting notes that we'll get to here in this first segment. Second segment will catch you up with former Cougars and the pros. Just three weeks remaining now in the NFL season. Uh, Some former Cougars on teams that are looking like they're going to be playoff bound. Others kind of playing out the string. We'll talk about their performances in week 14 in the second segment. And of course, in the final segment of the show, we'll catch you up on everything else we haven't touched on in today's show with quick hits. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sling TV. We will tell you what they are offering Locked On Cougars listeners here in a moment. All right, without further ado, let's get going. This is Locked On Cougars for December 11th, 2018. BYU football held their media availability yesterday. They'll have two of them this week here in Provo before they depart for Boise ahead of the famous Idaho Potato Bowl next week. Had a chance to go down there myself, speak with some coaches and players. Later this week, you'll be hearing from BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki, also safety Troy Warner. I spoke to both of those gentlemen one-on-one. We'll get to those interviews later this week, so stay tuned for that. But I wanted to get to some comments from Kalani Satake yesterday, BYU head coach. He spoke to the media. Usually only gets to speak once a week, and normally it's on Mondays. So yesterday he spoke to the media. Had some interesting notes. We'll play the interview, the entire media session in its entirety here for you and discuss some of the notes from it. Uh, you want to pay particular attention here uh, early on as he talks about kind of the plan going into the bowl game, preparation-wise, and also how they plan to deploy players. Young freshmen who have a chance to redshirt still, um, how he plans on using them in this game, and also how it helps them in terms of using this time, these 15 NCAA allotted practices they have for the bowl season ahead of this bowl game to get ready for 2019 and beyond. So we'll play this interview now. Kalani Satake speaking to the media yesterday after practice. Yeah, I'm thankful for the 15 practices, you know, and um, we're, we're using every one of them. Um, we may have a few short practices in between, but um, I think it's important for our guys to get out and run and run our system and, and uh, do all our install for the, for the game. It gives us a lot of time to prepare for this game, and um, I think we should be sharp. We'll see how it works. How much time do you spend you know, just kind of working on the, the little details and the, and the fundamental things versus install and game prep? All of it. I mean, you, you figure with the 15 practices that were allowed um, in the 12-game season, 
you're getting about five five practices per game. That's 60, right? And so we're, we have a quarter's worth of uh, season prep right now. And so you have to work on a lot of fundamentals and technique and um, just, just gives us an extra spring ball preparation. But then we get to play a real game at the end of it. So um, we have a lot of freshmen that are going to contribute in this game um, because we're allowed to redshirt them still. And I, I'm thankful that the NCAA allows us to do that. And so uh, I think there's a little bit more urgency from them to get better with their technique and with the install and with the uh, the scheme and so that's I think it'll be fun for these guys and being able to play on special teams will be a, a huge advantage for us too you touched on this but at the beginning of the year you were excited about the new rule red shirt wise mm-hmm. how has it played out how has it been adjusting to that just as far as the coaching staff to, to understand where guys are at and how you how you're going to use them yeah it's been working really well I mean I, our guys um, there's some that ha- that have gone past the, the four-game mark, but for the most part, the majority of the guys have an extra game to play, and, and um, we're going to utilize all the time to get them ready, but also um, give them a chance, whether it's running down on the kickoff or um, providing more depth. I think it's just a huge advantage for us to get this done with this much time and knowing that we have these many practices to get ready for a game. How do you assess the overall contributions of this freshman class and this kind of the role they've played this year? Well, a lot of them are playing, and they're competitive and um, so I think with our game time and with allowing the competition to take over and, and um, when they compete and practice they get um, rewarded with, for playing time in the game I think that's something that a lot of the guys are looking forward to you know so I think uh, I give a lot of uh, applaud I basically applaud a lot of the coaches for, for trusting the freshmen and going with the talent if, if um, they can do it so that's what we're going to do we're going to compete and regardless of their their age or their experience the best for play. Have you noticed a little extra intensity or hunger from some of the guys who, you know, were here last year, but remember what it was like to not be able to practice at this time of year? Maybe yeah, there's a little extra in their There's a lot of excitement and energy in it, and uh, um, even with going to more than a regular spring practices, you know, that I think the guys are excited to, about the game. It's it's going up. We have an opponent, so they're watching a lot more film, and we're trying to balance that up with finals. But I think this has taken a lot of. Uh, a huge priority for a lot of our players and doing it for the seniors and, and missing out on last year. So, yeah, there's there's been that. There's a lot of intensity. There's fights and stuff going on in practices, but um, that's part of it. We just have to condition them and get them ready and remind them that fighting doesn't help us in football games. But I like the intensity and the competition. Of the guys that you mentioned last week that may be cutting it close to being able to play with injuries, is there any update to those, or is that still where things stand? Um, yeah, we don't have a depth chart set yet, if that's what you're asking. I think. Um, there's a lot of guys that are still in the mix, so uh, we'll see. But as far as injuries and all that stuff go, we're still uh, we're feeling good about Lopini being on the field again. Um, uh, not so good about Isaiah, but we'll see uh, how it looks this next week. A lot of it is made about uh, the you know, coach coming in in a transition bringing in you know working with the guys that are already there but then also getting recruits that kind of match their style you always a little bit different because of the missions and stuff mm-hmm. how different is it for you has it been you know working with the guys that were here versus the guys that you recruited and your staff recruited and, and brought in as far as that one they're all my guys when i first got here i mean that's um i, I don't look at it just because i wasn't there when they signed the nli or anything like that i um the coach here I've asked our staff to feel the same way they have and so um, you know we have to gain their trust and we have to ask them to stress the limits when it comes to 
um, getting better athletically and even academically and even off the field. So uh, my main focus is that they're my guys and my family, and, and uh, I don't really associate any other way than that. You were obviously pretty good friends with Gary Anderson over mm-hmm. the years. What did you think of his move to go back to Utah State this weekend? That's great. I talked to Gary, and, and I know he's putting together a staff, but um, excited that he's a head coach again. And, uh, you know, it's going to be competitive, and we'll, we're, uh, we're always going to have our friendship. But I'm looking forward to going up to, to Logan next year for, you know, and trying to compete and get, get that win. But I'm happy for him. Obviously, one game, but uh, what is kind of the difference mentally in, in a six and seven season versus a seven and six? A win record and a losing record? I'm not really worried about that. I'm just trying to get this win. I mean, I've been around some really good coaches that know how to prepare for a bowl game. We're um, utilizing a lot of that in our, what we're doing in our schedule. And so, um, you know, Kyle's had a great uh, system going in bowl prep. And we're, we're doing a lot of the same kind of stuff. And I, I've been, a, been able to work with Kyle and Gary. And, so um, it worked out for us when we went to our first bowl game in 2016. And, and so now we're implementing a lot of the same stuff and probably doing a little bit um, more with, with the time that we've been given. And so we're using all the practices we did last time, but I think uh, we probably had more padded practices this, this time than last time. The more you've looked at Western Michigan, has anything else stood out to you in terms of, of the type of team you're facing? Yeah, well-coached team. They're tough. You know, it's going to be a good um, – be a good battle so i'm expecting a physical game and uh we have to match the physicality so i think our guys are ready for the challenge we'll see what happens there you go byu head coach kalani satake speaking to the media yesterday appreciate him as always for taking the time to speak with us and on the injury front it was interesting to hear him say that he doesn't expect isaiah kafusi to be ready for the famous idaho potato bowl so that hurts byu at linebacker in particular but he also had some good news on the injury front when it came to lopini katoa he believes that lopini uh, should be able to go uh, based on what it's looking like currently that means Toa is recovering faster than anticipated from the knee procedure he underwent the final week of the season. I uh, had surgery on that knee, and it looks like he is on track to be able to return. I saw him during practice yesterday, just waiting for practice. He was off to the side with some of the teammates, uh, working out, doing various calisthenics and stretches and different uh, movements to kind of get their bodies back in shape. Uh, Guys like Riley Burt were alongside them and uh, Riley, I would expect plays in this game as well, but it'll be interesting to see how the running game goes, especially in the light of having Matt Hadley out for the season with that fractured leg he suffered against Utah. Uh, it's good to hear Lopini Katoa be back. Bummer to hear that Isaiah Kafusi, his season might be done. I saw another photo of him on social media the other day of him still on a knee scooter. So, yeah, it doesn't bode well for him getting back in time to play for BYU. All right, we will take a time out here. We'll come back. we got to update you on former Cougars and the pros, how they performed in week 14 of the NFL season. Um, some guys returning to the starting lineups for their respective teams. Some of these teams, some of the players for BYU will be in the playoffs it looks like other guys playing out the string here playing for pride and in some cases playing for a contract and we'll update 
you on that coming up next. Want to let you know about one of our sponsors on today's show, a longtime sponsor, and that is Sling TV. Sling TV is here when you want to watch the game and you need to watch those games. Speaking of college sports, college football in particular, bowl season coming up. And if you're afraid you won't be able to catch all of the bowl action you can handle, what you can do is you go to Sling TV and for just $30 a month, you got all the ESPN networks, Pac-12 networks, SEC networks, and more. So you can catch all the college football and all the rest of the college sports you can handle this year. You can stream it on your big screen TV. You also can take it via their mobile apps on your tablet or phone. A phenomenal feature of Sling TV is the ability to pick the channel lineups you want. It's not a bundled package. You pick the channel lineup you want. That's what you pay for. There are no hidden fees. You know exactly what you're paying for right up front. There are no long-term contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Locked on Cougars listeners, you can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on and check it out for yourself. Once again, sling.com slash locked on a seven-day free trial to check out Sling TV and all it offers. Once again, go to sling.com slash locked on, get that seven-day free trial and see if Sling TV is the right option for you when it comes to watching your college sports. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. We are your daily source for all things BYU news on the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, we are the United States' number one daily local podcast site. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Jay Catch, talking former Cougars and the pros as we do every Tuesday, updating you on former BYU players who are playing in the professional ranks now. Week 14 of the NFL season finished up last night. The Seattle Seahawks beating the Minnesota Vikings 21-7. Uh, kind of a clunker of a game until the fourth quarter, but fun game all the same. And BYU players, there weren't any in that game in particular, but there are plenty of BYU players we need to talk about. So let's get started now. We'll start off with Ziggy Ansah, Ezekiel Ansah. I uh, came on as a substitute in Detroit, 17-3 win over Arizona. The rough part was that Ziggy, he finished with two tackles, one solo, one assisted, but he was injured on that second tackle with another shoulder injury. It's possible he could be done in Detroit now because he's going to be a free agent this season. He played under the franchise tag this year, made a lot of coin under that franchise tag, but has not played a lot as a result of shoulder injuries this season. Uh, We'll see what happens. I'm expecting Ziggy will get another opportunity in the NFL. His physical gifts are something that NFL teams covet. It's just a matter of him staying healthy. Unfortunate to see him go out with three weeks remaining in the season. It's likely his season could be done which would be rough to say the least, but we'll keep you updated on any news when it comes to Ziggy. Uh, Michael Davis, the starting cornerback for the Los Angeles Chargers, started once again this season. Uh, the Chargers beat Cincinnati 26-21. Uh, Davis had a big game, five solo tackles, one assisted tackles, played every, nearly every defensive snap in the game, and he's having a great season to this point. He's 
collected 28 solo tackles this season, six assisted tackles, three pass breakups, and one forced fumble. Just a great story, like I've said multiple times. Michael Davis, starting cornerback for the Los Angeles Chargers. John Denny, the long snapper for the Miami Dolphins, continues to be just that stalwart Iron Man for the Dolphins. If you didn't see the end of this game, the double lateral, hook and lateral play that the Dolphins used to stun the New England Patriots. Absolutely crazy ending, but Miami beats New England 34-33. to uh, No stats for Denny in this game, but as a long snapper, you don't want your name to be known necessarily, and he continues to get it done. He's carved out a long career for himself, so hats off to John Denny. On the opposite side of sideline of that game was Kyle Van Noy. He actually had a chance to make a tackle on that final play, was unable to bring the ball carrier down. I believe it was Kenyon Drake, Drake, who ultimately scored the winning touchdown, is who Van Noy was trying to tackle, came up short. He did have a good game, though. Uh, Van Noy had four solo tackles in the loss, two assisted tackles, half a sack, and one quarterback hurry. He played every snap on defense, but just unfortunate that his team was unable to come up with the win. Uh, crazy final play. I would encourage you to go check it out. I don't know how many of you guys are NFL fans, but if you're on social media, you can check it out and see all the craziness that went down. Rob Gronkowski kind of playing that last line of defense in this prevent defense. Almost got the tackle right at the goal line, but Kenyon Drake outran him and yeah, Miami wins an absolutely wild game, so hats off to the Dolphins there. Uh, Daniel Sorensen, safety for Kansas City. He got his first start of the season. Of course, he missed the first half of the year after undergoing knee surgery during training camp, but he got his first uh, start in their 27-24 win over Baltimore, a comeback win for the Chiefs. He finished with one solo tackle and two assisted tackles on this, uh, in the game. Played every snap on defense, so good to see Daniel Sorensen back at full health. Uh, He's played four games so far this year, just six solo tackles along with six assisted tackles on the season, but Daniel Sorensen back at full health. Good to see him finally back, especially in the light of a guy who has carved out quite the niche for himself after being an undrafted free agent. Uh, I need to talk to you about Fred Warner, of course. He started in San Francisco's stunning 20-14 win over Denver. Uh, Not his best performance in terms of the statistics for San Francisco with Warner finishing with four total tackles, three of them solo. He played every snap on defense, and he is going to be a starting linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers for the foreseeable future. And it's just awesome to see what he's doing. Um, He's currently third on the all-time 49ers rookie tackle list. Chris Borland, a former linebacker who played just a couple of years for the Niners, had 107 in 2014. I would guess that Fred Warner passes that. But number one on that list is the former all-pro, all-everything linebacker Patrick Willis, a future Hall of Famer. In 2007 as a rookie, Patrick Willis collected 174 tackles. Okay, I don't see Fred Warner collecting 80 tackles in the next three games to pass Patrick Willis, but still an all-time performance as a rookie for Fred Warner, and it looks like he is going to be part of the San Francisco 49ers' plans going forward. 
for the foreseeable future, and that's that's great to see. Uh, stop off in New Orleans with Taysom Hill, of course, the do everything guy. His legend continues to be cemented. That was one of the headlines after he went and blocked a punt on Sunday for the New Orleans Saints. It keyed them in a comeback win. They scored 25 unanswered points to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 28 to 14. He was sacked in this game for six yard loss. Be made up for it with that with that blocked punt. He played just seven snaps on offense, also played 22 on special teams. Uh, Taysom, man, he continues to get all kinds of pub. I work with David James and Patrick Kinhan at the Zone Sports Network, and as PK says, has any quarterback gotten more pub for doing less as a quarterback? And that's a fair question, but Taysom Hill, an electrifying player, a great athlete, and he continues to get it done, just adding to his legacy. This season, he's completed passes, he's run for a touchdown, he's caught a pass, he's returned kicks, he's recorded tackles on special teams, and now has blocked a punt. That was comes from ESPN Stats and Info, their Twitter feed, over the weekend. Uh, a couple more players before we go to break here include Jamal Williams. He actually started once again in Green Bay's 34-20 victory over Atlanta. Carried the ball four times for 17 yards. He played 24 snaps on offense in this game. So now he started six games this season as a starter, seven of them as a substitute. On the season, Williams has 86 carries for 310 yards and one touchdown. Of course, Aaron Jones has taken the lion's share of the reps away from him with the Green Bay Packers, but it was good to see Jamal back in the starting lineup. Uh, This is going to be an interesting situation now that they have fired their head coach, Mike McCarthy. Joe Philbin has taken over as interim head coach. I'm interested to see where Jamal Williams' role with this team team um ends up being come this offseason when a new coach is hired. Uh, one final note for you before we take a break here is that Bronson Kafusi, he's been on the New York Jets uh, practice squad. He was activated to the active roster for the Jets ahead of their game this past weekend, but he was not on the active rosters. Hopefully that makes sense. He was added to the active roster, but they have to designate, I believe, eight or nine guys who are n- ineligible to play in that game. So he did not play this past weekend, but he is on the active roster and that's good to see because Bronson started the year of course uh, getting cut by the Baltimore Ravens and on the final day of roster cut downs got picked up by New York and has been grinding on their practice squad ever since so congratulations to him on being picked up to the active roster hopefully we'll see him uh, make his debut back in the NFL with the New York Jets in coming days. All right, there you go. That's the former Cougars and the pros. Always good to see these guys playing well. We'll keep you updated on these guys as their seasons play out. I'm guessing we could see two or three more players picked up to the active roster based on them being on practice squads like a Tomasi Laulile, a Kai Nakua, a DeAndre Wesley, etc. But we'll keep you updated as that goes forward here in the stretch run of the NFL season. All right, we'll be back on the other side catching up on everything else we have to touch on in today's podcast that we haven't touched on, I guess, is what I should say. And of course, if you have any questions, concerns, anything I can help you out with when it comes to BYU news, something you'd want me to touch on, feel free to reach out anytime on Twitter. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. You also can follow the show on Facebook and Twitter by looking up Locked on Cougars. Happy to answer any questions for you there. And if you are interested in advertising with us or simply have a question that you'd like to email to me, you can do that by emailing me at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. We're still in the launch phase 
phase of the Locked On Podcast Network college arm. Great rates to advertise with us here on Locked On Cougars. Would be a privilege and an honor to sponsor your company and help represent your brand if you are so inclined. So hit me up, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. All right, we will step aside. We'll come back on the other side and catch up with everything else we need to touch on in today's podcast with Quick Hits. This is Locked On Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Locked on Cougars, your daily source here on this podcast of all things BYU news, notes, and opinion, as well as insider information you can't find anywhere else. And as we wrap up today's edition of the show, two notes to touch on when it comes to quick hits. Uh, BYU basketball news, Yoli Childs, just an absolutely incredible week for him. Back-to-back 31-point performances as BYU blew out both Utah State and Utah in their two big rivalry games last week. Well, he has been honored as West Coast Conference Player of the Week, as well as NCAA March Madness National Player of the Week for his performances. He averaged, like I said, 31 points in both games, 9 rebounds, and and 2.5 steals. He shot 70.6% from the field and 92.3% from the free throw line. Just an awesome performance for Yoli Childs. Uh, BYU basketball back in action tomorrow night, taking on Portland State. We'll have a breakdown of that for you tomorrow. I'm going to be out at their media availability today, hoping to catch up with a player or coach, and we'll get you some of that sound on tomorrow's podcast. But Yoli Childs, awesome to see him doing what he's doing. He's playing at an astronomically high level right now, and like I said, I'm not sure if he ultimately ends up as an NBA player, but his play right now definitely isn't hurting him, and that's the good news about it. Uh, one other note for you, it was cool to see this yesterday on social media. The BYU football program went over to the Smith Fieldhouse. The entire team um, kind of had a send-off ceremony for the BYU women's volleyball team as they get ready to head out to Minneapolis for the Final Four of the NCAA Women's volleyball tournament. Uh, Of course, Matt Bushman, kind of the spokesman for the BYU football team. His wife, Emily Lewis Bushman, is a player on the BYU women's volleyball team. And they sent the Cougar fight song for the volleyball team. Also gave him kind of a, I guess, a care package almost to say, hey, best of luck this weekend. And that was that was a cool gesture to see Kalani Sitake's team supporting one of their fellow teams in the BYU athletic department. Um, later on this week, I'll be chatting with my good friend that I work with, Adrian Leiser. He's a, he's a volleyball genius. He coaches volleyball at the high school level, watches it, and is just a big, big fan. He'll break down BYU's chances 
against Stanford on Thursday with me. Uh, hopefully play that either on Wednesday or Thursday's show. I'll keep you updated on that, but excited to catch up with him and have him on the podcast. So there you go. That is today's show. Thanks again for joining me. It's been a blast to talk BYU sports with you each and every day. Please continue to subscribe, rate, and re- review the podcast if you haven't done so already. It helps us in more ways than you really know, and I thank you guys each and every day for your continued support of the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow uh, talking BYU basketball against Portland State. Also catching up with BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki later on this week. Also, like I said, mentioned we'll catch up with Adrian Leiser to talk BYU women's volleyball, and we'll also catch up with BYU safety Troy Warner. I had a chance to speak with him yesterday after practice. So plenty of interviews and opinion and insight that we'll get to later this week as we get you ready for a bowl game, BYU basketball games, and of course BYU women's volleyball in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sling TV. Seven-day free trial for Sling TV by going to sling.com slash locked on, excuse me, sling.com slash locked on you can check it out see if it's the right option for you for all your television needs all right thanks again for joining me on today's show we'll be back tomorrow this has been locked on cougars for december 11th 2018